0: If you were able to walk into a room, confident that you would be well-received, seen, heard, and appreciated by others, and all it took was a few changes in how you navigate your everyday relationships, would you be willing to make those changes? It is possible to be both fully authentic and to experience the best relationships of your life. Now, here is the host of Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Mikhaila Gaffin-Stone.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships. I am so excited for today's episode because I have a special guest. And you know, every time I bring a guest on here, they are worth listening to. I only bring you the best guests. So before I introduce my amazing guest, I just want to sort of introduce the subject a little bit. So did you know that I was looking up some studies And the average adult in the USA is going to try 126 diets in their lifetime. Isn't that wild? 126 diets. That is a lot of yo-yo dieting. So how many weight loss diets have you tried? Too many? Probably. Has the dieting experience left you feeling hopeless and helpless? And maybe you're frustrated by having to rely on a creaking healthcare system. And it doesn't matter what country you're in they're all creaking because the population is huge and the the infrastructure just isn't there. So those ailments that keep adding up, are, are you really suffering with this? Is this something you'd like to get rid of? Well, today, help is at hand. You are listening to me, Michaela Gaffin-Stone. I am a human behavior expert, and human behavior is a big part of what we do when we're organizing what we're gonna eat, what we're gonna move like, what we're gonna do. And today I'm introducing my very special guest, master health coach and holistic health practitioner, Julie Medesi. Julie and I are gonna explore nutrition in a discussion that highlights the differences and the similarities of our approaches to health and well-being. So Julie, welcome to Navigating Complicated Relationships and thank you so much for coming.
2: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a really fun conversation because we all know that food and our bodies are very complicated relationships.
1: They sure are.
2: So, would you like
1: to tell us a little bit about your journey into health coaching, where you were, where you are, what it looked like on the way, all the things?
2: Sure. Um, it's a long story, but I'll make it as brief as possible. Um, I. I took a a great interest in health and wellness when my mother was battling cancer. I was 19 and she was 48 when she died. But during her cancer journey, she worked with a naturopathic doctor and our family did the same things that she was doing. So we saw a tremendous difference in our life, our energy, our health, and her cancer certainly went um, into remission while she was doing that. Unfortunately, we moved away lost access to the same kinds of foods, money got tight, she stopped taking those supplements, and eventually the cancer came back. But it made me really interested in that. And I've always studied it as a hobby for most of my adult life. Now, fast forward into my 30s, I was having some health problems because, you know, 20s 20s and 30s, we do things, we eat things, we drink things, we do things that aren't necessarily in our best interest. Um, And Going into human resources as a profession, I spent over 25 years there. So add on to that, the stress of a corporate job and growing up in life. And finally, in my 40s, I was just having so many health issues. Um, After almost six years of seeing my conventional doctor, um, I was saying to her, I think I have a thyroid problem And, and she wouldn't do the blood test I asked for. And eventually I realized that I was paying with a big price with my health. And so I took my knowledge and information and I went to a holistic doctor because my last visit was with her, involved her giving me a prescription for an ADD medication and the number of a psychiatrist because I was complaining about this tremendous weight gain I was experiencing and weight loss was a side effect of the ADD drug. And the psychiatrist, she said, was necessary because it was all in my head. Of course it was. So I started to see a holistic doctor and everything changed. And when I started on this journey of healing, I said to him one day, I want to help other people feel like this. I want to do this, but I'm not good at science. He said, Julie, I think you'd be a great nutrition coach. And that began my path to studying. And eventually 10 years ago, when we moved to Italy and I got to decide what I want to be when I grow up. I left my HR career behind and dove headfirst into health coaching certifications, nutrition coaching certifications, et cetera, et cetera. Awesome. And now I'm going to
1: share a little bit about my journey because we're doing it differently today. Excuse me. Normally in, you know, when there's a guest, it's sort of all about the guest, but today we're kind of splitting time. So it's a different approach and I think we're both going to have a lot of fun with this. So my journey beca- began when I just had a lot of random symptoms. And again, it was all in my head too. Boy, I, if I had a dollar for every time I've been told that, I could just retire right now. And it's so frustrating because I knew that while the symptoms didn't make sense, I'd got them. Fast forward, it took years to get a diagnosis. And I finally got one of Ellis danlos syndrome. Now, if you look that up, if you someone's listening that doesn't know it, there is a huge umbrella of symptoms with this thing, but there is a common factor. And basically you have to look after yourself because the medical care system isn't really geared for this. It's called um, a rare condition, but it's not, it's rarely diagnosed, which is a very different matter. The doctors don't like to diagnose it because that opens a massive can of worms. So the thing is you really have to look after yourself all the way through this journey of these different symptoms, I kept trying to figure out what I needed to do. So I went into fitness. That was great. I really improved all my blood work, everything. But nutrition was a missing piece. So I dove mm-hmm. into the study of nutrition. And that's when you and I, met we both did the same nutrition courses in the beginning. And, you know, I've been on that journey ever since. Now I'm at a point where I'm bringing the nutrition and the behavior change science together and it works beautifully for the program that I have that we'll get into later. But right now that's sort of what I'd like to introduce. And my next question for you is what's your philosophy on diet and exercise and how does that shape your coaching style? Um, One
2: of the things that I think differentiates my coaching style is that diet and exercise are two pieces of the puzzle, but we are whole beings with whole lives that incorporate many different facets. And so I focus on coaching the whole person because you can eat a beautiful diet, you can exercise regularly, but if you're stressed out, if you're not sleeping, if you have financial problems, if you have relationship problems, if you don't have a good spiritual connection in your life, there's so many other facets that are involved. Now, I don't I don't necessarily teach those things, but we find that when we look at things as a whole, nutrition and exercise will have a huge impact on those other areas of our lives, but they also need to be looked at. So um, I think that Nutrition first, because we aren't what we eat, we are what we absorb, and that builds the cells that make us strong or unhealthy. Um, It also, food can go a long way to healing a lot of the issues that we have with our health. And exercise, of course, is very important because our bodies were made to move. And in this day and age, when we're so sedentary, a lot of the physical problems that we have are because we don't move. We don't stop moving because we get old. We get old because we stop moving. Here, living in Italy, I see eighty and ninety year olds out sweeping the walk, riding their bikes into town, and there isn't any magic about their aging process. They just they do things manually. They stay active. They move. They don't sit in front of the TV and find lounge chairs that have coolers in them and and uh, don't have any re- requirement to get up to go anywhere except for the bathroom. So.
1: Right. It's a huge lifestyle difference. I mean, my mother lived into her early 80s and she was very, very active right until her very last day. And she was very fit. She was, you know, walking her dog every day a couple of times. And, you know, it didn't occur to her not to move. So that is a big feature for sure. And, you know, we, we don't differ that much, I think, on our philosophy for. Diet and exercise, but I, I do like to look very much at the behavioral component because I find people I've worked with in the past typically will have some kind of relationship with food where you know it's it's not the right connection. It's, it's an emotional connection. So they're eating to recreate that emotion or to stuff it down rather than eating because you know the person's hungry or they're looking for the nutrients. So that's something that I I like to really dive into because, you know, all things behavior, that's kind of my jam. Um, But, yeah, you have to watch what you're eating. And the thing is, you can't believe stuff that's labeled because whatever's on the label is designed to make you want to eat the thing. It's not necessarily in your best interests, but that's a topic that we could spend hours on so absolutely before before i get into that sort of too much what are some common myths about diet and health um that you've encountered and that you addressed in your program
2: um calorie counting
1: oh man yeah uh
2: meal plans i I, just really quickly i i have i laughed because i had a client um who started my my 90-day program and we were the first thing we work on also is the way we think, and those are the four pillars of my coaching: think, eat, move, be. And you know, I say don't don't believe everything you think because beliefs are not facts. But she started in, and and a couple weeks in, she said, "You know, this this inner work is all nice and everything, but when are we going to get into the meal plan? When are we get into going to get into the good stuff?" And I just smiled to myself and I said keep going, keep trusting the process. And after we finished, she said, Oh, I just, I never thought I would not want a meal plan ever again. Now I mean, someone else's meal plan. I create my own meal plans. I teach people how to meal plan because I think it's important, but following the myth of needing to follow a meal plan that somebody gives you is so prevalent and so backwards. um, I think
1: I'm 100% with you there because if, if you're giving somebody a meal plan and they've had no input in that or even minimal input where they've just said I don't eat these three things or something like that, mm-hmm. they're not learning anything about how to put together a meal plan for themselves and and you're kind of taking buckshot to shoot a sparrow, you know. It's just it's it's a very broad thing and, and it's not really going to help that person do anything differently to what they've been doing, as soon as you go away or the meal plan goes away or they get bored, here we go, off the train again, you know? And that's that's where a lot I think of the uh, traditional diets trip up is that there's this thing you have to follow and this thing you have to do, and it's not real life and you haven't had the input in it. It's, it's a cop-out basically to do that.
2: Definitely, Pe- people have to own their own journey and it's going to look different for everyone. And so empowering people to make the choices that feel good in their body, that feel good to them, and that fit in their lifestyle, in their lives, everybody's busy, everybody has different circumstances. If it doesn't fit into your life, then don't do it. You don't need to fit yourself into a program. You need to fit things into your life the way you want your life to be, right? And sometimes the way the reality of it is today until it can change.
1: Yeah, the program has to meet you where you are and basically build from there because we're all at a different stage in our lives, in our health journey and in what we can access for food and and sort of when, you know, and and what you've been doing. If you suddenly have a a meal plan or a game plan even that's so vastly different to what you've been doing, that's an awfully big leap to expect somebody to take. And of course, people are going to, fall down and and not achieve it right that's setting up for failure rather than success with those meal plans and those sort of here it's done for you done for you is overdone I would say and you know what? We're already at break time, which is wild to me because I think we've only wow. just started talking. <laughs> but there you go. So everybody listening, make sure you've got some notepads for today because it's going to be all kinds of gems dropping and you never know when they're going to happen. So make your notes. Don't go away anywhere. You're listening to me, Michaela Gaffinstone, and my wonderful guest, Julie Medacy here on Navigating Complicated Relationships on the Inspired Choices Network. See you in just a minute.
0: What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Michaela Gaffin Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for listening. You're listening to me, your host, Michaela Gaffinstone, and my wonderful guest, Julie Medacy. We are both nutrition I would say experts because we've both done multiple courses over time and we've really worked through this and we both have programs coming up. So stay tuned for those. And Julie, before we get back into the questions, can you just let people know where they can find you?
2: Sure, absolutely. I am all over Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn And if anyone wants to get in touch directly, they can email me at julie at avexiahealth.com. And that's spelled J-U-L-I at E-V-E-X-I-A health.com. Awesome.
1: And we both have programs coming up at the end of the month. So stay tuned for that. And I'll let you into a little not so secret secret, which is Julie and I are doing each other's programs because we're both. You know, we have enough similarities that we know where we're going with this. And we have some differences that we want to learn from each other. And you never stop learning. If you stop learning, well, really, what are you doing? You've probably stopped living, right? So on the subject of debunking myths, which we were talking about just before the break, and we were looking at meal plans of why they really don't work. You know, they just don't help the person be empowered. They, they more enable them to just rely on a plan, right? So mm-hmm. what do you think about bad foods and diet hacks and all those wonderful buzzwords that we hear oh, all over the place?
2: I could, I could <laughs> talk for hours on that topic. Foods aren't good or bad. They're just food. Now, there are some foods that aren't healthy for you. Absolutely they're designed in a laboratory. They're designed in a way to make you desire them more. They, they numb your taste buds so that you don't understand what real food is supposed to taste like. But even so, sometimes life circumstances are such that we don't have very Um, wide variety of choices. If we're traveling or we're someplace out of an urban area, whatever, because I've been through that myself. So the idea is to make the the best choice available to you based on your goals. But food should be joyful. Food is part of our culture. It's part of celebration. and, And labeling it as good or bad in turn has us labeling ourselves as good or bad for eating it. And that feeds into that self-deprecating attitude and that that's that inner bully comes out and beats us up and thinking that there's you know the, the one right way to eat or, right. or good or bad. I mean, there's a variety. There are no hacks. Your biology is your biology. We have trillions of cells in our body. You're not gonna hack your metabolism, you're not gonna hack your your cells. It doesn't work that way. And Oh, yeah. And then the metabolism thing we were talking about the other day, your metabolism is not broken, because if it was, you would be dead. Basically, yes.
1: I mean, it, and you can't upgrade your metabolism, you can be fitter and healthier, or less so. And your metabolism will respond to that. But it's, it's not like, I'm just going to do this course and upgrade my knowledge. It, it's not that kind of thing. You can't do that with it. So that's that's a, an interesting thing that keeps coming up. Is jumpstart your metabolism? Like, where did it go? What do you mean, jumpstart your metabolism? It's not a thing. So, that's that that's an interesting thing that comes up. As I said, um, also with foods, I tend to not call them good or bad because, again, that label of good or bad gets bandied about left, right, and center, and and you know whose determination is that, but. There is functional food, which is the stuff that really helps you to build you and non-functional food, which is something where, you know, it's basically all chemicals and there's nothing in there that your body's actually going to use to build you, to repair you. So I do use those categories of functional and non-functional. However, there's no banned food in that if I said to you, you can never eat chocolate again. First thing you're probably going to do is go out and buy a rather large bar of chocolate, right? I know I would. If somebody tells yeah. me I can't have a thing, you can bet your bottom dollar I'm going to go get that thing. you know. And that's most of us, which is also why calorie counting doesn't work, right? Because if you're focused in on your food and you're, and you're sort of, well, how much can I have? And how much have I eaten so far? And how big is this? And, you know, you get obsessed by it. And, and that makes, you know, fun to be around, but it also means that food has become this battleground, you know, it's not just a meal that you're going to enjoy and you know that this is something you want to take in, right? So it's really, both of us have a lot of knowledge in our programs and I think that is so key. So yeah. how do you typically help your clients set realistic health goals especially if it comes to weight loss, body image, that kind of thing, because that is typically the first thing people will show up with, right?
2: Definitely. Um, we One of the things we do early on in the program um, is, is talk about different ways to measure success. I, I don't a lot of people put so much stock in the scale but all the scale does is define your relationship with gravity at a specific point in time it doesn't talk about your amazing qualities you know how intelligent you are how loving you are how loved you are all of the things you've accomplished in your life it doesn't it doesn't tell anything about those things it also doesn't tell anything about your body composition you could lose 20 pounds and have cholesterol and t- triglycerides and blood pressure that are through and A one C that are through the roof. Fine, you look great in your clothes, but you're a, a walking disaster when it comes to your health. So we work very hard on refocusing what defines success. Um, and and then when we talk about body image, it's that same thing. We focus first on self acceptance. I don't I don't skyrocket over to self love because that's a that's a destination. But when we can accept where we are today and 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 re- at least reduce the judgment that we have with that, I think it helps us because we only take care of things we love. We only take care of things we care about. And so when we start looking at ourselves in that light, it becomes easier to make the better choices for our health and our well-being. So those are some of the things that that we do. And I think you just said
1: something that's crucial that, you know, we take care of things we love. We take care of people we love. And how many times does our self-talk turn to something so negative? You wouldn't say that to a stranger, you know, it's, it's wild. Some of the things we'll say to ourselves and, you know, this whole beating ourselves up about how we look or typically that's how we think other people think we look is, is the whole judgment thing. And I call that the goop, the good opinion of other people. And you cannot control the good opinion of other people. You know, just look at any tabloid and you'll see the most amazing, beautiful woman, perfect figure, like all the things, and somebody saying something negative in there. Like even that person can't get all the positive. So it's something that if we can just put that need aside and make it irrelevant and just... Focus on, okay, this is where I am. Now, what do I want? What do I really want? And those non-scale victories, those, you know, my energy is better. I can bend down and touch my toes. I can pick my child up. I could chase after my grandchildren, whatever it is. Those, those are the important details. The scale is just a number. You know, you could get on the scale and it says one thing, have a drink and get back on and it'll say something else. You know, and how many people before they got on the scale, they'll take their rings off, they'll take their watches off, they'll go pee, you know, do all the things like and done that. Mm-hmm. And that fixed it, right? That, oh yeah, I've lost a pound. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you're wearing Always
2: boots. take your shoes off before you get on the scale at the doctors. Exactly. Well and and just i mean a uh, case in point i spent some time in the us a few years ago and i put 10 pounds on by the scale and when i came back to italy i did all the all the things i know to do to support my health and i was working out regularly and over the course of a year and a half the scale went down 3 pounds but i lost a clothing size i lost 23 inches on my body i lost body fat i mean if i was only judging by the scale I'd be pretty piffed you know but
1: yeah I mean I take up you know. more room than the same weight of muscle so if your body composition is shifting and you're getting you know a little more movement in and more functional food then how you fit in your clothes how you fit in your life changes with that, you know, your energy goes up and so on. And, you know, I lived in Singapore for a while. And in Singapore, there is this phenomenon called skinny fat that is prevalent there. You see these gorgeous, beautiful little, you know, generally petite women who are small, their overall size is small. But when you do a body composition measurement, and I've done a number of them, I actually did um, a challenge with a company. There were a few trainers, including me, and, and we did this fitness challenge along the lines of the biggest loser, only not quite so aggressive. And we were doing body composition and so many of these lovely slim women were very high body fat percentage, which meant their muscle was small. And it's not considered a good look to have muscular definition, even a little, a little bit there. So you've got a health disaster, as you said. And then the prevalence mm-hmm. in that country is to take a lot of diet medications and, you know, pills, herbs, wraps. Uh, they even iron fat. I kid you not. You know, somebody will iron you. It's wild. But it's all about the look and it's not about the health. And right. it, it's just it's such a wild culture. Like, how do you build up to that? But we have the same issues in the U.S., just a little different. It's all about the pills here, right? What medication can I take so I don't have to do anything different? Oh, you know, the message on the advertisements is all, don't worry about it. Just take this and you'll be fine. Oh, man, really? You know, I mean, that's yeah, not as prevalent
2: in Italy, I think. No, not as prevalent yet, but women are still very attuned to their physical appearance. But, you know, I mean, let's not think about our ability to move. Let's not think about how our bone density declines when we don't have enough muscle mass to maintain it. Let's not think about the fact that we won't be able to lift our own bag of groceries out of the car or carry a... A couple of books around, or do any normal daily functions, if we don't take care of our bodies in the way they're meant to be taken care of with movement and muscle. And it's it's literally
1: use it or lose it, right? That's basically the deal. So, but that was such a fascinating culture to see, and it was really, you know, don't. Oh, the other thing was, you know, this is a hot country. It's around thirty degrees Celsius all year round. It's tropical. And the prevailing thing is don't sweat. Like you shouldn't be seen to sweat if you're a woman. Can you imagine how difficult that all is?
2: I can't ever uh, go there.
1: (laughs) It's pretty wild. It's, It's not functional. And once again, we are at break, which is insane to me. This is going so fast. I think somebody's got a hold of the clock and they're winding it. Anyway, you are listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships with me, your host Michaela Gaffin Stone, and my amazing guest Julie Medacy, and we are dropping some gold today. So stick around because we both have some really good deals coming up. Stay tuned to the Inspired Choices Network, and we'll
0: be back. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert Makayla Gaffin-Stone will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Makayla Gaffin-Stone Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. carrying us through the day and taking us to bed with you. We're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mikaela Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also send an email to mickey at gaffinstone.com. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking around. And I hope you're making lots of notes. You can always listen to this podcast again later. But right now, pay attention because we're dropping some gold. And Julie, can you tell people once again where they can find you? Just in case you missed it last time.
2: Sure. You bet. Um, I'm Julie Medesi. I'm on Facebook. Julie is J-U-L-I, just in case. Um, and Julie, J-U-L-I at AvexiaHealth.com. That's E-V-E-X-I-A Health.com. And just in case anybody's wondering, Evexia is a Greek word that means well-being.
1: There you go. Actually, I'm glad you told people that because it'll give them something to hang it on to. Like, why is she using that name? And that can be distracting if they're thinking, well, you know, where, where is it? And they go off looking. So very cool. And you can find me, my website is gaffinstone.com, really easy. Michaela Gaffinstone is you know Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm available in all those places. Uh, Facebook most often, but we would love to have your questions. We'd love to be able to answer them. And Julie and I both do raw and real which is a Facebook Live, it's Monday mornings mountain time at around 8.45 a.m. And in Italy, what time
2: would that be? Uh, it's about 4,
1: 4.30, okay. 4.45. Okay. we so flexible
2: we're... about the exact start time, but it'll be on YouTube soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're, we're kind of flexible about the start time and our topics range a little bit like it is today, but we love to get into the subject of nutrition and the time goes so fast. So yeah. more questions for you, Julie, what are your tips for people who struggle to find time for healthy cooking and habits?
2: The The thing I love about, I love working with people who are really busy because the way we work fits into their lives rather than having them having to fit their lives into the way we work. And what we do is we take small steps. We break them down into steps that are so small, it feels almost silly. Like, how can I not do that? Mm -hmm. And people think, well, what good is this little thing going to do, like a five-minute habit or drinking a glass of water or... You know any small step, but the truth is those things will compound over time. I love James Clear um, wrote Atomic Habits, and he talks about one percent improvements, and I talk about one percent wins. And when we focus on one thing and one small thing until we've until that's become part of our daily normal routine, um, it makes it easy and. Over the course of a year in his book, he said, If we made a 1% improvement every day, we would be 37 times better by the end of the year. And I think, wow, that's pretty good for a little tiny 1%, right? Little grains. But, it, you know, this saying goes, How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So, <laughs> for people who don't want to cook, there are ways. To find healthy, healthy pre-made foods or meal delivery services. I mean, there are lots and lots of options. So that whole um, I'm too busy badge, we wear that with pride. But really, it means I'm not willing to prioritize this thing. Big and mm-hmm. most of the, I shouldn't say always, but most of the time it does. And when we can find ways to slide little pieces and parts in around our, around our busy schedule or let go of some things that we don't actually need to be doing, um, it becomes easier. And when we take those small steps, that, you know, I mean, we're right after New Year's resolutions, right? Last Friday was Quitter's Day and Monday was Blue Monday for everybody who's given up on their New Year's resolutions because we, we say, oh, everything's going to be different. Well, right. that doesn't work.
1: Um, And with those, with those sudden changes, those big resolutions, we're assuming that the person we are on January 1st is a very different person to the one we were on December 31st. How to set yourself up for a big fall, that would, that would be a way. And, you know, Mm -hmm. one of the things with habit based coaching and, and working on those small increments is finding ways to, anchor those habits. So I'm going to give you a little tip right now, anybody listening, make sure you got your pens and pencils and paper and notepads and whatever else you're doing. Because if you want to have a new habit work for you, you need to anchor it to something you already do. So Julie mentioned drinking more water. And I have to say, if you can only do one thing, do that. Because that Mm -hmm. will affect all of your systems in such a good way. But Oh, I keep forgetting to drink water. Oh, no, you know, it's been three hours and I didn't drink any water and so on. This is this is typically what I hear. But if you're a coffee drinker, for example, then you put a pitcher of water next to the coffee pot and you'll remember, oh, yeah, I'm getting my coffee. Let me have some water. And if you take that picture with you back to your desk or wherever you are, you now have it right in front of you and you can just keep topping up your water. So it's a way to set yourself up for success, anchoring that new habit to one you already have, which is the coffee. So that's one way where that thing that seems impossible to remember, you could set alarms and things. And and personally, I find those really irritating and they can go off at exactly the wrong time. You know, can you imagine if we're in the middle of this call right now and suddenly my alarm goes off and I say, "Uh oh, I'm sorry, I've got to stop and drink. You know, that's (laughs) it's a bit artificial and it doesn't work if you're on the go. But if you get into that habit of I have coffee, therefore I have water, even when you're out, you'll have a coffee and then remember, oh, yeah, and I want some water. So that's that's one system that I like to use with people. I find it's very helpful.
2: Um, I'm keeping it simple. Yeah, we, we complicate things. I mean, you're all about complicated relationships, right? But we, we have enough complicated things in our lives, the simpler we make it, the more likely it is to happen.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we do overcomplicate. And I think some of that is because we want to make the problem, the issue, the thing that we want to work on, such a big deal, because then it's okay, that it's difficult right? It's like, it can't be a simple thing, because, well, I would have done that already, you know, we get into a lot of story about that, then as well. And it's, of course, well, I'm at fault, because I didn't do it before, or some other sort of negative self talk. And, and that really has no place in helping yourself get to a healthier space. That's, you know, I I feel that way, for sure. So can you discuss the role of, Sort of nutrition in your program like how soon do you start bringing in nutritional changes, for example? Or is well, that interestingly
2: no <laughs> no it's it's kind of a spoiler alert but in in my 90 day program, we don't talk about nutrition for the first five weeks when wow. people think, well how can I possibly how can I possibly make physical changes? Because we can't change what's outside until we change what's inside. So that's where we start is from the inside. How, what is it? We get crystal clear on what we want because it's great to say, I want to lose weight. Okay. What does that mean? How much weight? Where do you want to lose it from? By when do you think you want to lose it? Why do you, and then we go into the why, so, we get very crystal clear about that destination. And then we talk about the why and we back into it because motivation, my favorite quote, Zig Ziglar says, Motivation doesn't last, but neither does bathing. And that's why we recommend it daily. Right. <laughs> so, I love that. I love that. I have that posted somewhere. And, and, but it's, but it's very true. People think, oh, I just don't feel motivated. It doesn't matter if you feel motivated. When you take those steps, you become motivated. So we start with the inside, and then we introduce nutrition later, but we focus on very basic fundamental nutrition habits, just like professional athletes do drills, just like professional pianists do scales. Professional singers do vocal warmups. It does, they, they constantly go back to the fundamentals. And again, I, we talk about overcomplicating things. We don't need some special approach, some gourmet recipes, some special complicated meal plan. We need to focus on the fundamentals. Are we getting the basic our basic needs met? And once we can do that simply and easily, then we can look at adding on or expanding that in some way.
1: Very cool. Now, I'll bet a bunch of people were very surprised to hear you don't work on nutrition for the first five weeks. But you know what? I totally see why not, because the program that I'm going to be running, we don't make any significant changes. Don't tell anybody I said this for the first two weeks. But we're doing a lot of work in that two weeks. It's intensive. There's a ton going on because, as you said, you've got a lot of things to do before you can get to the place of making changes and you mentioned motivation which you need daily motivation is this tiny little muscle it's so small but we've all bought into those nike advertisements that sort of you know just do it and that has that's great if you're going for a run and you know and you want to wear your nikes but if you're trying to change a habit doing it by force is not going to last. And using your willpower is forcing yourself to do something you don't want to do. That is the very definition of using your willpower, right? It's that whole gritted teeth thing. And that is not the way to get lasting success or or even short-term success, honestly. You know, in behavior analysis, there's this thing called behavioral momentum. And, you know, we all know it. It's just that I have the terms for it. And behavioral momentum is where you do something really small and you get the success and your brain says, oh, yay, that's cool. Dopamine. And then you do another thing. Success, dopamine, success, dopamine. And you do four or five of those things in a row and your brain kicks in and says, hey, you know what? I'm really motivated to do more of this. I like this. And the momentum keeps going. And that's kind of where the motivation that you can tap into in a healthy way kicks in is after you've contacted some success, which is why your program with those small changes, my program that also brings in some pretty small changes. At first, you're just wondering, well, what did I sign up for again? Why am I here? Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. This is like, you know, when you boil an egg, it's, it's sitting there. It's sitting there. You don't see anything. Nothing's happening. But if you wait a few minutes, you've now got something that's very different to the egg that went in. You just don't see it as it's changing. Would you say that's fair for what you've got happening in your program as well? That's kind of hidden. I I think
2: that's, yeah, that's absolutely fair. And I I've had people after week three say, "I, I don't think this is working for me. And I say, just give it some time. And by the end of the program, they've dropped one or two clothing sizes. They have energy, they're sleeping, their moods are better. They feel like completely different people, but we, it, like you say, builds that momentum and everything builds on everything before it. You have to do the thing before the thing. You can't take step number 10 before you've done step number one.
1: <laughs> right. That's like being at the bottom of a mountain, looking at the summit and saying, well, how do I get there? I want to be there now, you know, and, and yeah. well, OK, start walking. You know, you just have to do this bit first. Yeah. But we live in a culture that's very much now, 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 you know, take this pill and you'll shortcuts. be shortcuts, do this thing and you'll yeah. be fine. Buy this program and, and you'll be fine. But you know, that's those are exactly the things that don't work. It's the ones where they say, Come and do the work and you'll get there. You know, that's you have to show up for you in these programs, yeah. Julie's or mine. You've, you've got to show up and, and trust the process and do the work. That's kind of how it goes. There is no shortcut. If there was, we wouldn't be where we are as a planet, as a society. So once again, we're-
2: And the difference- Oh, are we already?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Can you believe it? It's just, this is going crazy fast. Like, holy smokes, we're going to have to do it again. So once again, stay tuned. We are still going to tell you about our program very shortly now because we're running out of time and you're listening to Navigating Complicated Relationships on the Inspired Choices Network. See
0: you in a minute. What if your relationships could be a source of delight instead of a source of struggle? In a world where human interactions are anything but straightforward, tuning in to Navigating Complicated Relationships with behavior expert, Michaela Gaffin-Stone, will offer you insights, tools, and a whole new level of understanding for you to use right now. Listen for Navigating Complicated Relationships with Michaela Gaffin-Stone, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Navigating Complicated Relationships with Mikhail Gaffin Stone. To participate in the program, join the live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also send an email to Mickey at GaffinStone.com. Now back to the program. And
1: we're back. Thank you so much for sticking around. I'm here with my wonderful guest, Julie Medesi, and Julie and I both have programs coming up. So I think time is going so fast today. We're going to jump in right now. Can you give an overview of what participants can expect in your BEGIN program?
2: Sure. Um, I call it BEGIN because we start at the beginning of the journey. As I said, we work from the inside out in 90 days you will think differently, you will move differently, you will feel different, and you will experience an amazing transformation, not only in your body, but also in the way you think, and your mind. The four pillars are think, eat, move, and be. So we, we look at the fundamentals, we build those foundational habits, and help you incorporate them into your everyday life. Most of the women who participate, I work with women over 40, and so most of the people come to me wanting to lose weight. Even though weight loss is a symptom of the other lifestyle factors involved, they will lose weight in the program, but we focus on the other things that lead to that as an outcome. And it's it's a really effective program that requires 20 to 30 minutes of your time every day. and that's it. We do simple workouts that work with your metabolism, your hormones, your body at this stage in life. And we have a simple nutritional approach and lots of bonuses. We have uh, coaching every other Saturday. Um, So you get a lot of attention, a lot of hands-on weekly check-ins. There's a lot of um, interaction in the program and you'll feel very supported in it.
1: I'm looking forward to it and <laughs> cuz i'm going to be there too and my wildfit program now i've part i'm with wildfit so if you've heard of wildfit before there is a 90 day program and coming up at the end of this month there is a worldwide challenge so it's going to be huge and you will working with me you'll have access to the videos and the calls with wildfit but you also get weekly coaching with me lots of resources and it's very much a behavioral approach. So WildFit incorporates behavior change dynamics. I am a behavior analyst, so this is my happy space. And working on changing the behaviors that get you what you don't want and changing them to what you do want is very much the approach and a whole lot of awareness. What are you doing that doesn't serve you and why? And what would you like to change it to? Throughout all of that, we also work on your relationship with food. What food is good for you as in your body likes it? And what are you consuming that doesn't actually feel good? We have ways to help you figure that out and then you can make a choice, right? So if you're walking past ice cream and you've discovered that you have a lactose intolerance, you can choose, do I wanna have that ice cream and have those symptoms? Maybe you do because it's the best flavor ever and they only do it once a year. That's your choice. The point is, you'll know. So this is the approach. It's a 90-day program also, and we start at the end of the month. There's lots of resources in there, and there's Q&As, lives. So there's tons. How much time it will take depends on how much time you want to put in. But everything is there for you. You need to do a minimum of one call a week, though. Otherwise, obviously, you're not going to be getting the information and, you know, you'll sort of lose the thread. Trusting the process is important for what Julie's doing. Trusting the process is important for what I'm doing. It just, you can't do it if you're second guessing or trying to jump ahead or, you know, I think in both of our programs, chances are if you try and make things happen sooner than we're asking you to, you're going to trip yourself up and you'll end up, back in a space that you're not happy with. So I would recommend that you come in open to trust the process. So are there any tips that you would like to give people or anything to add to what we've just said about the programs?
2: Well, um, my program also is starting at the end of the month and we can provide links to those registration pages so you can get more information and details about those things. But I think the biggest piece for me is is being curious instead of having to do a thing instead of focusing on doing it being perfect we don't want perfection that that isn't realistic in, in everyday life so approaching things by being curious hmm, i wonder what this makes me feel like i wonder what i would feel like if i did this differently um i wonder how that how my body responds and not expecting instant results your body has trillions of cells. These changes take time to to work through your body and your mind. You haven't had you haven't thought the way you think and done the things you do for only a few weeks or months. So right. it takes more than a few weeks or months to to change those things over. But it is possible if you're curious and open to learning.
1: And I think bringing curiosity and an openness to these programs is crucial because I mean, really look how long did it take you to get where you are? You've been building up to whatever space you're in right now for your lifetime, you know, and, and all the changes and so on that have gone on. It's a marketing tool of pharmaceutical companies to tell you, you can have change right this minute. It's not true if you're making lifestyle changes. And if you're changing your relationship with your body and your relationship with food, that takes time. You didn't get there overnight, you know, and, and you right. want it to take time because all these things build. You need a solid foundation. You know, what did you say the other day on Raw and Real about, you know, not putting windows in before you've built the foundation? You know, what, what are you going to do? with it? Yeah. it's not going to go anywhere.
2: Right, absolutely, and and even even if you do something that gives you quick results, what's the likelihood they're going to last? How, where are you at in those hundred twenty six different diets that you've tried over the course of your lifetime?
1: Right, and isn't that a mind blowing number?
2: Do and, you I mean, want to keep doing that? It, I mean, isn't that the definition of insanity? Is continuing to do the same thing over and over and expecting different results?
1: Right, and if you yeah. look at how but much we money- do, is
2: sustainable. Yeah. yeah,
1: how much money you spend on those diets. And then what did you get at the end of it? More self-loathing, probably. And perhaps a ding to your health because they excluded things that you needed to have. I mean, who knows? But that calorie counting thing, that's something neither of us do. And and if you've done diets with that, be, be assured that's not something you have to do again. And there's no, no cost. And no miracle products. No, <laughs> no miracle products. Nope, no, no food. gym membership, no, 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 no food, none of that stuff. Um, it's just, this, this is literally raw and real, right? This is how we're yeah. doing this is sustainable. It's personal. It's, it's what's going to work for you. We meet you where you are and we get you on the track to where you want to be. Now you might revise what that looks like as we go along and that's fine too, you know? this is a journey. It's not like, Oh, I will have made it when I've lost five pounds or 50 pounds or whatever it looks like. It doesn't actually change anything else other than the scale, which isn't a big deal. You know, anybody can lose no. weight really fast and it's called dehydration. I don't recommend it.
2: No. Yeah. The tools and the skills you'll learn are sustainable for life. So when you finish the program, you can take these things and continue to use them forever and never die it again.
1: Right. And you can stay in a supportive community. And once again, we are getting right at the end of this. I can't believe how fast it's going. <laughs> Tune in next week for Navigating Complicated Relationships. Woo!
0: Thank you for listening to the Navigating Complicated Relationships show. Makaila returns Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Until then, remember every relationship is a journey, and with the right tools, you can create stronger, more fulfilling connections.